In a previous life, when I would go traveling, I didn't much care about where I stayed. Spent plenty of nights in hostels, spent nights on trains and on the beach, and one night in Greece, I even slept on the deck of a ferry boat. But when you're traveling with the family, you gotta stay somewhere. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Hey there, my friend. It's Aaron, and welcome to day number four. This is the fourth episode this week where I am recapping my family's trip to Britain and the United Kingdom. We got back just a few days ago. This is still fresh in my mind, and I'm here to pass on all the knowledge, everything I learned about traveling through Britain and about traveling with young kids overseas. So far, we've covered exploring London, a day trip to Stonehenge, and we've also talked about the perils of driving in Britain and the fun that comes with driving in Britain. We talked about that yesterday. And today, my friend, I'm going to get into the details of lodging, where you stay when you're in Britain. And I know that lodging preferences are very personal, that there is no one size fits all when it comes to lodging, especially for families. I'm just going to share what we did, what worked for us. Hopefully you can take away some useful information, put it in your back pocket when you decide to head to Britain with your family. All right, my friend, let's do it. Off we go. We spent a total of eight days in Britain, and we split that evenly four days in London and four days in Hove, which is in the southernmost portion of the UK. Hove is right next to the town of Brighton, which you may have heard of, famous for the Brighton Pier. And in both of those cities, we went with Airbnb. We never really gave much thought to going at it any other way. Airbnb just seemed like the most logical, most economical way to stay in Britain with the family, with a family of four, my wife, myself, and our two young kids. Airbnb just seemed like the way to go. We booked the Airbnb in London first. And when we were booking in London, our primary focus beyond basic safety and basic cleanliness, of course. Uh, Beyond those things, our our primary focus really was location because we knew we wanted to be centrally located. We didn't want to spend too much time every day getting to and from the city. We wanted to be close to a tube station. We wanted to be close to services, to shops, restaurants, things like that. So we weren't wasting a lot of time with just the the minutiae of the day. We wanted to just open up our door and be in the thick of it. And we got that 100% with the Airbnb that we chose. It was right near Paddington Station, just north of Hyde Park. If you look at a map of London, Hyde Park is is enormous. It's a giant, big green space on the map there. We were just a couple blocks north of Hyde Park and literally a less than a one minute walk to the tube station at Paddington, which was just perfect because from Paddington, you can get virtually anywhere in the city with one stop or less on the tube. And it was just, just ideal. That being said, the Airbnb itself was serviceable, of course, but it was underwhelming, especially when we walked in on the first day, bleary eyed from a long travel day. And we finally get to the Airbnb, we open the door and just, it was a little bit deflating, I guess, to be perfectly honest, because it wasn't it was just, it was dated. It needed some serious 
updating. It was it was clean, it was fine, but it could could have used uh, some serious updates in terms of the amenities. That said, if we had gotten an Airbnb that was fully updated and had all the nice amenities, and it was still in this same amazing location we may have been priced out because it probably would have been a lot more expensive than it was. Including all the taxes and the cleaning fees, our Airbnb in London cost us $697 for four nights, so about $174 per night, which I thought was a great deal given the amount of space we had and, of course, given the location, which really, really doesn't get a whole lot better in London. One more note about the importance of a good location, and this really has nothing to do with convenience as a tourist. This is more just about real life. In traveling with the family, you've got to figure in those unplanned trips either to the grocery store or to the drugstore, and it was so nice having those things nearby. And where we stayed in that particular neighborhood, many of the stores and the restaurants and the services, they stayed open late, which I definitely took advantage of. Late night snacks, uh, Easter treats for the kids. We were there. We were in London over Easter weekend and on Easter Sunday, so I went out late night after the kids went to sleep to pick up some Easter treats. We always seem to need something, and it was great knowing that the good old Tesco Express was just a few blocks away. I got a second story view from curb to curb. I got a sign that reads, do not disturb. A monogram towel and a bucket of ice. In yesterday's episode, which was about driving in Britain, I briefly mentioned that we were able to pack very, very lightly for this trip. Just to give you an idea, for a family of four, we packed one regular size large suitcase and then one carry-on rollerboard bag, and that was it. That was all we brought for eight days in Britain for four people. And the biggest reason we were able to do that is because we made sure that our Airbnb had a washer and we fully intended to do laundry. That was our plan before we even left home. We were able to cut our our packing literally in half because we knew that we'd be leaving London after four days, which is right about the midpoint of our trip. We knew that we would do laundry the last day in London. We'd leave London with fresh clothes, suitcases full of fresh clothes for the rest of the trip. And that really makes a huge, huge difference. I highly recommend you looking for an Airbnb with a washing machine. It really is a bit of a game changer when it comes to to what you have to pack, the, the quantity of clothes you need to bring when you know that you can do do some wash. One thing to be aware of, you'll probably need to budget a little more time than you're used to for doing laundry because one, the washers are typically a bit smaller, so you're not going to be able to wash as many clothes at once. And probably more significant than that, dryers, electric dryers, gas dryers are not common in the UK. So you're going to be hanging out your clothes to dry. Take that into account. Budget that into your schedule, but still totally worth it. Do that laundry. Cut your packing down. I recommend it. Moving on. So after day four, we moved out of London and we headed down to Hove down on the southern coast of the United Kingdom. And in comparing our Airbnb experiences from London to Hove, the actual units themselves, they really couldn't have been much different. In London, it was very bare bones, very stripped down, in need of updating. In Hove, 
I couldn't think of a single thing that I would have changed about this place on the inside. It was beautiful. If I ever were to become the proprietor of an Airbnb, I would like to think that this is the type of place that I would put together. It was beautiful. It was very well updated. It was simple. It had a classy kind of feel to it, but not over the top. It was still super appropriate uh, for our family, for our kids. It was in a neighborhood, just a few blocks from the beach, but still in very neighborhoody. And it was just a just a spectacular place. And I had a I had the opportunity to meet the woman who owns the place because she came to drop off our parking permits in Hove. You need a permit to park absolutely everywhere. You either need a permit or you need to pay. And she took care of parking permits for us. She was a delightful woman, unsurprisingly. And we just really, really loved this place. And the price point was very, very similar to London. Actually, it was a little bit cheaper. It was $156 per night. I'm actually going to link up to this Airbnb listing in the show notes at familytravel.org slash radio, just because I want you to see this place. It was just a fantastic place. It was perfect for our family. It was in a great spot. Really, everything about this place was was really just what we were looking for. And if you ever find yourself in that part of the world, this is a place that I couldn't recommend more. So I'm going to link that up so you can check it out yourself. They got a room service menu for food and drink. A porcelain throne and an aluminum sink. The two big pillows to rest my head. There was an important fundamental lesson that we learned from starting in London and then moving on to Hove, which was a coastal town, a lot slower paced. Uh, If we could go back and do it again, I think we would have reversed the order because when we got we got to London, jet lagged, bleary eyed, low energy. Took us a couple days to to get our bearings. I think we would have been better served to have had that time in Hove, down in a quieter, slower paced environment to to get our bearings and to to get over that jet lag. And then after four or five days, then head into the city, hopefully fresh and adjusted to the time change. And then you can hit London hit it hard, full of energy. We didn't do it that way, but I think that was a great lesson learned. And I certainly recommend you take that into account if you're planning a similar trip. If you have the opportunity to to start your trip out in a slower paced environment while you sort of get your, you know, get your head straight and get over the jet lag, I think that is likely uh, the better way to go, especially with kids, especially with, with young ones, because you just never know how it's going to affect them if they've never been overseas before. You might be in for a couple days of, of interest times and being in a slow paced environment just might be the better bet. This hotel room's got a lot of stuff, but I do believe I've had enough. Call my baby, said, don't you Well, there you have it, my friend. That was our experience. Four days in London, four days in Hove, Airbnbs in both cities, two very different experiences. And my friend, I know that that lodging is a very personal decision. Everyone has different budgets, different preferences. This was, again, this was just my experience. I hope there were some little nuggets in there that you can take away, put in your pocket for your trip when you decide to go overseas with your family. I truly encourage you, whether it's Britain or, or anywhere else, to take the plunge and just go for it. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. 
We're all, we're all in this together. Family Travel Radio is here to support you on that journey. I am here to support you on your family travel journey. And if there's anything I can do to help, any questions I can answer about Britain or anything else to do with, with family travel, please, please, please do not hesitate to reach out. Shoot me an email, Aaron at AaronSchlein.com. That's double A-R-O-N at AaronSchlein.com. And you can find me on social. Shoot me a DM. I'm at Aaron Schlein everywhere all over social again that's double a r o n s c h l e i n there's one episode remaining in this Britain with kids recap and that's coming at you tomorrow i'm calling the episode moments that mattered travel to me is about far more than the destination there is a transformation that happens when we travel and i experienced it firsthand as a kid and then as an adult and i'm still experiencing it i experienced it as recently as last week i want to introduce my kids as young as possible to that transformation and introduce them to the the transformational power of travel travel is challenging there's absolutely no doubt about it traveling with kids is even more challenging Not going to argue that for a second, but what I will argue is that it's worth it. And in this upcoming episode, Moments That Mattered, I'm going to be focusing in on some very specific moments, specific things that happened where I saw a change in my kids, something something that couldn't be manufactured, something that couldn't happen in a classroom, moments that I know I'll never forget and hopefully they'll never forget, transformational moments that they can build on as they they grow and we take future trips. And then someday when they go on traveling on their own, hopefully they can trace back to some of these early trips and realize that that's where it all started and that's where the foundation came from. That's my job right now is to give them that foundation and set them off on the right path. All right, my friend, it all goes down tomorrow. We'll see you then. Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio. I'm signing off. See ya. Just soon as-